Hey everybody, welcome to Highly Unlikely with Josh and Janae. Today we're talking about dating, <laughs> dating, dating, dating. It's gonna be exciting and we keep trying to get to this topic, but then we talk about other things <laughs> on other podcasts or when we speak together, we don't quite ever get there. So today so we're going there. It's fun just being with you. I feel like we've had a lot of guests. It's true. So it's fun to be with you. It will be fun. Yeah. We know that um, the American Psychological Association says that about 40 to 50% of marriages will end in divorce. Are and you getting into it without a question? I am. And then I'm, gonna, I'm giving an intro and oh, then the question. Gosh, like so what the appetite plan. and then... You always have a plan. Okay. And then go for it. And uh, about 60 to 67% of second marriages end in divorce. And um, I, I always think of that like we can either say, man, marriage must be bad. Or we can say, maybe we're doing something not <laughs> maybe right. Maybe we're doing marriage wrong. Yeah, maybe we need to... <laughs> This is the, that was the summary of the podcast right there is like, I hedge it. Like maybe it's not bad. And Janae's like, it's wrong. It's just wrong. We're doing it wrong. Sorry. And no, she says that how it actually is. So I didn't um, know really know that's where you're going. No. So we can say like, Hey, marriage must be a bad thing. I'm never going to participate in it. Or we can say, maybe we've been doing some things wrong or starting the wrong way. And we need to shift the way that we're going. And specifically in the church. I, I've hit the microphone twice already. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> They can edit that, yeah. uh, but specifically in the church, we should look different, you know, for yeah. following Jesus. And so highly unlikely dating. Yeah. That's what we're covering today. We're not covering average worldly dating. We're covering highly unlikely dating. So if you serve Jesus, our dating should look highly unlikely to those around us. Right. So I'm excited to dig in. Can you grace us with a question, babe? Yep. Can I pull from right here? You can pull. Yeah. Just make sure it's not one we've already done. I never Thanks. know anymore. I can let you know. Well, what was the last good book you read? Did we do that one? We did. I feel like, well, I don't know. I think we've done one that's like, what are you currently Let's reading? It. Let's just do it. What's the last good book you've read? I am almost done. I read the full Narnia series this year. and I'm Listen to it or read it? Listen to it. Well, is listening and reading different? Well, isn't reading the active thing of reading with your eyes? Well, then it's pretty much my Bible because that's about the only thing I read anymore that's not on Audible. Okay. No, I think listening to a book is still consuming a book. Yeah. So, sorry. So uh. mine is Narnia and I'm on the silver chair right now, which is really, really good. And I've been falling asleep to it at night. Stop yawning. You're, I, I feel like I'm boring. No, do you guys Josh, know that it's like a rule? Today was day I started a sugar fast with a friend. Oh, and yeah. today is day one. And we are recording this you're in the crashing, afternoon. You're crashing. And just give me some grace, man. Yeah. Don't I'm, a, to, I'm not going to drink caffeine until I have heart palpitations. It's probably an insecurity, but I've made a rule about it anyways. That um, I have fought every yawn. Did you, you see that? Yawn and, I know what I could tell you're fighting. But I fought it because I know you hate it when people I, yawn. Maybe it's an insecurity <laughs> that I think. I must oh be my goodness. Yeah. Our students and stuff know like if you yawn, it's just a big no, no. Uh -huh. And so. it's, what's really funny is when people do it without really thinking. And then I accidentally make <laughs> eye contact and they're like, <gasps> when they try to swallow their yawn. <laughs> Teacher, I'm all it's students kind of and one did. And he was mid yawn and made eye contact with Josh and just slapped his hand over his mouth. It was so funny. Yeah. Sorry. That's not why we're here. And I will do my best to not yawn. It's fine. What's the last good book you read? I honestly was trying to think of, because we and it were just talking about how I go through seasons where I'm like really consuming books and somewhere I'm not. Um, okay. The last really good book that I read was uh, Lisa Turker's Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. Yeah. 
Great I have book. gone, like, you know, it's a good book when you've gone back to it. So it's more of a resource than like a novel. I'm trying to think of the last like really good story, story, story type mm-hmm. of a book, like novel or something. But I haven't read one in a while. Yeah, it's for me to get my Bible reading in a day. And then now doing this um, sugar fast with a friend. It's going through a book at the same time and like the yeah. devotionals each day. So I'm like, does that really count? It's more like, I don't think anyone wants to go just read it. It's not for reading pleasure, but good boundaries and goodbyes. Um, she made boundaries come alive through scripture in a way that I've never read. And even us talking about boundaries, a lot of it came from her. Um, and what I love is if you know, like Enneagram numbers and such, uh, Lisa Turkers, I believe she wrote that she's a nine, which is the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So it it creates so much more meaning when you read it. She either is a nine or a two, which are like, they're not going to be the ones that jump into conflict and boundaries right. or whatever. So to me, so that just made it. it, you can it just it. made it so much more meaningful. Like yeah. you have had to persevere through like your personal tendency to do this well. So yeah, come on. Your, your personality really, is not your identity. It's a part of who you are, but you have to be able to still do like, well, it is your identity, but you can't can be your hedge tendency. or hide yeah. behind it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Dating. Okay. Uh, the way God calls us to pursue marriage and dating is highly unlikely, especially in the world that we live in today. And so we just want yes. to talk about that and really some of the things that we believe have to be in place to successfully date, mm-hmm. which leads to a good marriage. And not there's there's not going to be challenges. Um, there always will be. But um, number one, I think, is just talking about what is the purpose of dating? I remember I was going to say, younger, define dating. Yeah. Um, is dating that your boyfriend and girlfriend or is dating, what is dating? Well, no, I don't know if you and I had that clearly defined when we were dating. No, Josh has grown so much in his communication skills. It's first true. Time. We're <laughs> not here to tell, tell our dating let's tell, story. But let's we? tell a story. We got to, we were engaged. <laughs> we went to marriage counseling we got our assessments back for how we had both filled out like our pre-marriage course material. No, and we didn't get it back. Once you became lead pastor, you looked uh, at our results. That's right. And because I don't think Pastor Doug covered this with us. Right. I've, this discrepancy in our reporting. That was in our, yeah, the discrepancy in our. Answers of how yeah. many times have you broken up? Josh put zero and I put one. <laughs> because there had been a period of time where we were hanging out and going on dates. Like, you know, five times a week. And then we stopped going on dates and Janae Like to said, the point where Josh had to say, hey, like, I think we need to like, if there was a conversation. Not I'm the explaining, though, I'm <laughs> explaining that we did, air quotes, break up. Uh, but we were really young and didn't know what we were doing. Anyway, so I said, well, we were never actually official and Janine was like, we were hanging out and going on dates. We were I would say we were dating, but we, it wasn't like this. Oh, he's my boyfriend. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's how I view it. I guess you can define it on your own. It's like, I think dating is like, you can say like, I'm in a season of dating. Like I am open to going on dates with people. Mm-hmm. Like you can say we're dating. Yeah. Like we're going on dates. Um, but a lot of people think, oh, we're dating means, oh, he's my boyfriend. Or there's a title or there's a whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in the church, I would say. So I've loved seeing people that do that and just dating is this like kind of concept or season that they're in, that they're open to it Mm -hmm. or not, um, or they actively are or are not. And, or you're like, I am dating this one person and getting to know them through dating, but we haven't like 
put anything solid on it or said like, I'm only dating you or whatever. That's how I view it. You're dating. And then when you say like, you're my boyfriend, you're my girlfriend. It's so funny that I feel old where I'm like, are there new, new terms for I that? I know. Are we even my relevant boo? right now? Like they're like, what's that? My I don't know. <laughs> no, that makes you even more old school. <laughs> <laughs> there is probably some slang term that whatever, insert term for what boyfriend and girlfriend are. <laughs> the one Gen Zer in the room right the now one, is what, whispering What things. is the term? What's the term? I haven't even counted, but it's like, you're my shoddy. Like, that's my shoddy. My shoddy? Oh, no. My shoddy boo thing. No. That's what y'all say? No, that's not. That's just what I would say. Oh, okay. Oh, no. That's like. Okay, so that's not. No. Okay. Not boo thing. You're not saying that. <laughs> We're going to say boyfriend and girlfriend. Because it is boyfriend and girlfriend. So. Okay, so the purpose of dating as we're talking about it today is not to like cease to be lonely anymore. It's not to have somebody no. to go to the movie with. Like the purpose of dating is um, taking a step towards being in covenant relationship with a person. It's just, it's pursuing marriage and mm-hmm. uh, not just having a significant other, um, but saying, is this the person that I want to be in covenant with? And we've talked yeah. before about bringing your whole self into a relationship when you get married. And it's, it's beginning to explore that. I think it's just a part of spiritual maturity and maturing and following Jesus because I dated before I knew Jesus. And it so was something I did that I saw in the world around me was told that I should do mm-hmm. because, and when I look back, I didn't realize it. But yeah, I didn't want to be lonely. I wanted a companion. I wanted to feel validation in who I was and whatever. Even women feeling like that they're attractive or sexy or whatever. Like it's a need God's put in you for a reason, Mm -hmm. but the world will pervert that reason if you don't use scripture and, and even just the influence of the Holy Spirit to direct it the right way. So I remember for me, um, having to really reframe, okay, no dating to me is like, it's a tryout, like a tryout in, is this person c- compatible enough for life? Mm-hmm. And the second you understand or realize that they're not, why would you continue with that in dating? Because then once, and that when you're looking for red flags is in dating, not in marriage. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that's the world. It's different in the world right now. It's like all sunky dory. We can do whatever we want when we're dating. But as soon as we're married, then that's when everything's wrong with you. And I'm going to nitpick and I'm going to this, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to leave you. And I think things mostly go wrong because we treat dating as a way to find fulfillment, either sexual fulfillment or companionship fulfillment. And the desire that God has given us for relationship is to drive us into covenant. What is covenant? That's like the committed marriage, um, like commitment between another person. I'm going to bring my whole self to you. You're going to bring your whole self to me. We're going to stand like we're going to before God be committed Mm -hmm. to one another and live in covenant as a picture of the way that Christ loved his mm-hmm. body or his, his church. Yeah. Right. And so what a fulfillment, true fulfillment in life only comes from Christ. Yeah. It does not come from marriage. It does not come from dating. It does not come from sex. Which true would fulfillment. you say that is actually the key reason for the divorce rate? Because you have a bunch of married people not fulfilled in Christ. And so then it's like, well, the marriage must be the problem. Right. Do you think that's probably more the key? Yeah, or people that look at their marriage or their spouse to fulfill them, you complete me. And when that that spouse fails to do that, then they start thinking, well, there must be somebody else. We must not be compatible. I must have missed the one out Mm -hmm. there. Not realizing that, no, you're skipping a step. It's like the desire in you for covenant 
is supposed to drive you to covenant with another person, but fulfillment comes from covenant with Christ Jesus. And that should be first. So yeah. covenant, covenant relationship is a committed right relationship. Covenant is such a churchy word. Yeah. Christi- Christ- what's the word? Christianese. Well, promise, you know, but it's, it's more than a promise. Like it's, it's an eternal, like wrapping together, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I, I, I do think that this is where we often miss it in the world and we're pursuing the wrong thing and we get the wrong result because yeah. we're pursuing the wrong thing. And mm-hmm. so you just, we have to lay out this alignment first of like, this has to be about uh, dating to be married, understanding that marriage is a reflection of Christ. And if that's what we truly want and the fulfillment that comes from that, then we have to align it in such a way. And mm-hmm. so when you're dating, it should be, does mm-hmm. this honor Christ? And is this a person that I can live in covenant with? That God has on your life. Right. I think if you don't understand as who you are as a son or a daughter, and you're trying to work in God, like, and you're trying to work that out in dating, it's just so messy. And mm-hmm. I would love to see in church and Christian and believers just it to be more common where it's like, are you dating anyone? That there's a response of, no, I just, I just feel like the Lord's telling me I'm not ready. Yeah. Or like, no, I'm not mature enough yet. Yeah. It's like we have like 10 year olds that are like, I'm ready. It's like, you are not ready mm-hmm. at all. And mm-hmm. there's just carnage around us trying and thinking that we're ready. So, right. And just yeah. because you have a sex drive doesn't mean that you're ready for covenant. And this is the, I mean, this is the challenge of a teenager, right? Or going through puberty is that your body wants something that emotionally you're not prepared to have. And so then the Bible says, flee from sexual immorality or take control over your flesh. Um, But that's like the challenge when we're younger, you know, Mm -hmm. you have all these emotions and feelings and hormones, but you're not ready for covenant relationship yet. And so you're kind of in this waiting game mm-hmm. and you ha- and then I think you have to channel into like, no, this desire in me is good, yeah. but it's pushing me towards wanting a covenant and later it's going to cause me to pursue a woman or yeah. to pursue a relationship. I've never thought of it that way that like, why God, why would you not just allow that to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I've hit the mic three times. Um, allow that to happen later. Like when people more, when their frontal lobe is developed after 25, all that stuff. Yeah. But what if God allows that to happen because it's an opportunity for you to really work out the fruit of self-control before, because can can you imagine if we viewed sex drive and, you know, arousal, all that at an age before you're emotionally ready for covenant commitment as like, oh no, I get to master self-control. And if I've actually mastered that, how much more emotionally ready you'd be for that relationship? Right. And that's why first, and I think that's why God allows it to be that way. First Thessalonians 4, 4 says, learn to control your body. Mm. And if you, if your desire came at the same time that you are ready for covenant, Mm -hmm. you could immediately have desire and immediately get married. And, but you've not learned actually to control your body. So it's actually a valuable, beautiful discipline learning time, um, which is biblical. Mm -hmm. Learn to control your own body. Um, uh, it's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And so mm-hmm. that's actually just a valuable season, mm-hmm. even though it's it's difficult. You know? It's so valuable. And I think we want to say like, yes, this episode is about dating. And for those that desire and want to date, and there's nothing wrong if you don't have a desire to date mm-hmm. or to be married. And that's okay. Like, Paul says it's better. Yeah. 
And and I we've talked about that. Like we'll say, you know, you shouldn't be living off of like the revel- old revelation you got from God or like your old like close times with God and it should be new and fresh. But there is something too. A lot of times when people are looking back, it's before they were married. And they're like, I just had so much time for the Lord mm-hmm. or like my commitments in what relationally people and emotionally were asking of me and mentally was different. And so my just connection with the Lord felt different because right. I wasn't being pulled in so many ways. Like it's a legit thing and just want to validate that. Like, yeah. And I think somebody brought this up to me recently that just because somebody's in a, like a, a situation where they're single in life doesn't mean that they just have an unending amount of time either. You know, and I right. think sometimes single and the pe- people in the church get that label of like, yeah. oh, you're not married. You, you have, must have, you have all, all the time, the time in, the in the world and you can show up for this or that. Right, right. Um, and so I think there, there's a balance there too. Yeah. But um, I think if you don't understand your identity in Christ, don't understand your sonship in regards to being a son or daughter, uh, what you inherit from God the Father, you know, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Um, if you get into a dating relationship that's going to take you off course from God's will, you'll have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you'd have, if it's the dashboard of life, like alarms will be going off everywhere, but you have not even grown in, oh, I know what is true and what is the the fake. And I know what is real and what is not. Mm-hmm. And I can call it and walk away from it and not going to get so caught up in it. So I just think that's huge growing in discernment and understanding. No, we, we've heard someone say this, but we've also said it too, like true north. Like where, where are we headed mm-hmm. and where are we going? And that's a good point because it takes two to tango, right? So it's not just you understanding what dating is all about. It's finding another person that you're going to date who's on the same page, running yeah. the same race, saying, oh, you're going to fulfill your, your calling that Christ has for you. That's also my main goal. Mm-hmm. If we get in the way of that in each other's lives, it would be better for us to pursue the calling Christ has on our lives than to sacrifice that for one another. Yeah. And we can get into that because that does happen where like people are serving Jesus wholeheartedly and then they get married and they kind of fall off the mm-hmm. face of the earth in the church. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, did this actually, you are you doing more for God's kingdom together or yeah. was this something that took you off? Right. Off course from where you Because it is going? so easy once you're married. Like I remember it was like, I got up at 5.30, 5 every morning and went to the Y. Run however many miles and that's what I did. And then we got married and my alarm was going off at 440. And I was like, well, he's not moving. Well, I'm on the same bed too. You yeah. know, where you you get this, like you can get in this mentality of permission. I'm like, well, if they're doing it, I can do it too. And and I think you got to be so sure of your convictions and your identity to where it's like, um, uh, it almost seems prideful, but that's not the word. Tell me what the word is. But I remember- Confident. Oh yeah, confident. It's like a godly confidence in- I remember my boundaries. I remember like all the things that I knew that I knew that I knew that I had resolved with the Lord and I was immovable. Yeah. And I thought, and if he can't handle that, then that's his problem. It's not mine. And that was kind of the attitude in my heart. I don't know if I came off that way, but I had to have, I had to resolve that and not be like, but he's just so cute and he's just so great. And I think I can work with this. If he, well, yeah. I can help him understand. Nope. If you're not willing from the get go, bye. <laughs> yeah. It was the heart, my heart attitude where I think I came across and tried to explain it gently. Like here are my boundaries. Like here are, do, are you good with that? And just wanted to see how you responded. But then I watched how you physically, cause someone can be all words. And I would say, 
You can say it all day, but mm-hmm. when the rubber meets the road, if you do not adhere to either the boundaries or what you've said you're all for, it's crap. Mm-hmm. It, you're not for it. So that was kind of the test for me too of like, okay, well, he, he said he's good with this. Is he can actually respect my boundaries? And, and I've met with girls that have gotten into a place in dating that they're like, I never thought I'd get here. Mm-hmm. How did this happen? And usually we can track it back to you were spending way too much time with that person. You were, and now with phones, snapping all day, um, or Snapchatting. Uh, it's like you're having a separate conversation in text that you are in this app and then in this app with the same person. Mm-hmm. And like too much emotional, like, bleh, like not pacing anything. And it's like, well, that's how you got there. That's mm-hmm. how you got to where at the first month he respected your boundaries, but by six months he could cross whatever boundary he wanted because he... And I'm, I'm not, this is just the conversations that I've been in. I think women could do this too. But what I've seen and had to coach is like, that's where you made the problem is like, you had no boundaries in other areas as well. So I think in the Christian world, we say, oh, physical boundaries, sexual morality. No, it starts with how late are you going to talk? Mm-hmm. How often are you putting all your eggs in this one bas- basket with this person? No, you need to diversify your life. The only time where all eggs are in one basket is once you're married. Yeah. And then you should still have friends that you go hang out on your own. I think part of what you're describing is just that dating becomes very transactional. And right. I think this is where you realize, oh, this is not this is not moving towards covenant. It's not, it's not out of love. It is um send me a nude and I'll give you attention. Yep. You know, like it's this transactional Transaction. um kind of thing rather than like, hey, I'm pursuing Christ and that person is too. And we're going to continue to do Mm -hmm. that and grow in love for one another rather than having it be Mm -hmm. so. Or, and I just think what you're saying is like, if you have to compromise to keep the person you're dating, it's not the right person. And a mentor said this to me when we were dating. That's different than like, hey, together we're pursuing Christ, but we're facing temptation. I just want to say that's different than like, no, in order for me to stay in this relationship, I have to compromise my boundary or who I am or my relationship with Christ. You will face temptation. Mm -hmm. If you're not, that'd be weird. I don't know. Blessings on you, I guess. But I mean, we always say engagement (laughs) is the worst. Yeah. Like, because we were like, we never had to fight for our physical purity and we did kind of, but we just had really good boundaries. All while planning a major event in a wedding, you know. It's kind of the dumbest setup, honestly. Yeah. It really is. It's like you've never made huge decisions before, but now it's like navigate family tension, host this many people at Merge this one event. Merge your lives. Merge your, your lives. Oh, and yeah, don't have sex to, you know, blow off your tension and <laughs> frustration. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's the worst setup. And we just, we always say engagement's the worst. Keep it short. If you're saving yourself till marriage, the shorter, the better. Yeah. We had six months and at four months, I was like, I could have planned this by now. Mm-hmm. Like, and honestly, the longer I see engagements, it's like, you're really just, and that is America. We are here to plan a wedding and we have, we have this neglected malnourished relationship and malnourished marriage because we've poured everything into this event. Into the day, it's an not event. into the lifetime together. Yeah. Uh, I gosh, think just I a couple like guideposts on that too is... Um, so when you're, when you're dating somebody or starting to date somebody, like it, this just gives, what we're talking about gives a couple boundaries. So number one, like they should be a follower of Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, because a submitted follower right. of Jesus, the fruit of their life, you will see if they're submitted. 
I'm sorry, everyone and their dog lists that they're Christian on forums. Or God praying hands God, on their yeah, Instagram. Blessed. Mm-hmm. Can't stop someone that God loves. That yeah, just that they reference God. No. Show me with how you talk. Show me with once I get into that a texting conversation where you go, how they talk about others, word, deed, even like what's within them. Like is it, does, is it humility or is it pride? Do they serve or do they take? Can I just say something about that? Yes, you can. Everybody thinks the first commandment, don't take the Lord's name in vain, means don't say, oh my God. Hmm. Do you know what the first commandment actually means? No. Don't take the Lord's name in vain uh, like and pretend grace. that you're his. Wow. And then mock God by living for yourself. Committed. It's a really a breaking of the first commandment to not take the Lord's name. I'm a Christian and to not live it out. Mm. But we've, we've really watered it down. Do you think God cares more about somebody saying, Oh my God, than he does about them saying I'm a Christian and then living in a way that confuses the world into double life. No, everything else in scripture is about the double life. So I have these profound moments with you on this podcast (laughs) where I'm like, yeah, Wow. Uh-huh. So don't <laughs> I take, think he does care like, about his take, name and not, do you have and reverence for his name It's too. marriage, right? Like, yeah. hey, if you're going to take the last name Shaldal, mm-hmm. like let's be in covenant Good together. Good old last name Shaldal. Shaldal. But, but do you know what I mean? Like don't take it in vain. Like, Yeah, I'm married. I got three guys on the side that I'm talking to, but I'm yeah. married. I'm a Shaldal. Right. So Selah, think about that. Let's all think about that and ponder that. Wow, babe. You're so smart. Thanks. I so, mean it. Golly, <laughs> we were talking about something. We'll get back to it. But okay, so, I mean, yeah, really, you were saying the guidepost, like follower of Jesus. Oh, yeah. And then the second one is you can't let your relationship become an idol. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't have any other gods before me while we're going down the Ten Commandments. Even in marriage. Even in marriage. So it's, it, it's really hard. Even looking at your spouse. Some people have frustrated marriages because they view their spouse as their idol. Uh, that Not they should fill in every void that... That every weakness I have, Janae should fill, or I should find there should never be a difficult patch. I Kelsey Ballerini got divorced and it was in the media and she said the the flicker of being married just went away. I'm like, yeah. well, no duh. Like that marriage is not just about Babe, has the spark ever died between us? Oh my gosh. Like sometimes you're like <laughs> As I wake up in the morning and my mascara is smeared down my face and my bun is like this. And it's like, hey babe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is the spark still alive? Is there anything in life that doesn't lose <laughs> its glitter after right. you know a few weeks or months? Well, it's like expecting, um, like how everything you know, you said this once, like just the realization that everything that's living is actually in the process of dying. Hmm. Like, we have more wrinkles, we're in the process of dying. Yeah, our body is withering day by day, we're prone to decay. And, and that's, I'm not saying that's what marriage happens, but things lose its shimmer. Mm-hmm. So that's where it has to be rooted on things that aren't shiny, right? Yeah. It has to be rooted on things that aren't, it's not the passion. It can't be rooted in that. Mm-hmm. It's rooted in, like, I just always say, man, it should be your best friend before it's it's your lover. Yeah, I mean, right? don't, I mean, don't. that's what you fall back on. Yeah, don't show me a couple that, you know, is hot and heavy for each other and takes beautiful wedding photos when they first get married. Show me a couple that walk through financial calamity. Show me a couple that walk through loss and is still together, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. like, because those are the, that's the real, like, oh, grit of covenant. Oh, and I'm so covenant. excited in season four. We're going to bring two two separate couples on. 
yeah. that have walked through infidelity and restoration. Yeah. And I'm like, I sit and just listen to those people because I'm like, teach me. Because you know so much more than me for what you've walked through. And and I think too in the church world, it's like, oh, you can look down on someone for their mistakes in their marriage. But I'm like, mm, nope. Those who have overcome and are restored. because And one person can't restore. One person can forgive another. But restoration needs two people. Mm, you yeah. can, I think that might be Elisa Turker's concept or thought, maybe Alex Seeley, but, and it's what's interesting is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The purpose of us is to be reconcilers, mm-hmm. to help people to reconcile to Jesus, mm-hmm. relationship back to God through Jesus Christ. Okay. What is listed on divorce papers almost every time? Irreconcilable differences. If we understand, sorry, we're getting into marriage, but it all starts with dating. It does. Like if you understand what are you tasked with to be a highly unlikely believer, that's the whole concept of this podcast. If you want average, don't listen to this. Like it's going to probably make you a bit upset because it's not, it's highly unlikely. And the only one that can help you do that is the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Like only one. Yep. So Jesus takes us from being... Um, mortal and takes our inner person, our souls and makes it immortal so that we'll live with God forever. Right. Our inner person. Yeah. When we live in marriage inside of that covenant um, versus like when we live in marriage outside of the covenant of Jesus, we will pursue things in marriage that are only for this life. Mm-hmm. Like marriage mm-hmm. is just a checkbox of like, okay, get a dog, get a job, get a wife, get a kid. Build a beautiful external Get picture. a home, yeah. get a retirement package. All of that fades. Die and somehow that's your legacy. And where do right. you think midlife crisis comes from? Oh, the dog died. The marriage isn't as happy as it is before. The kids moved out, you know, and it feels <laughs> like everything is falling apart. Yeah. When we build it on wow. covenant with Christ, then it produces something and we're pursuing something beyond those mm-hmm. temporary things mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. Right. That's so, so good. It is. It's so true. And it's like, if you go into dating, understanding that and getting past the, just like, Oh, I want to date. I want to feel and dating is exciting. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's so fun and you should have fun. And I think it the church has ruined drama. it in the a lot church, of ways. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like somebody starts dating in your church and you're like, did you hear uh, that we kept Jojo ours- was hanging out with Jay? And we there? have actually been very guilty Cause we actually get excited and we love people and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, we should set up so-and-so and so-and-so. And we've had to stop ourselves. And even with like people that we know and love that, yeah, we see them talking, oh, do you think they're interested? And we've had to actively stop ourselves and say, like, we're only gonna like set up people who ask us. And we have, we've had people come and say, hey, I'm, I'm super open to dating. I know I wanna be married. If you know a great guy that's living truly for the Lord, like I am totally fine if you set me up. Yeah, like, and we're like, we, great, green light. Can we just make it like, church culture appropriate for people to go on one date, decide they're not going to get married and to not go on a date again and still be able to talk to each other. hundred percent. I mean, cause sometimes there's so much pressure, like. But I get though, where if you go on a date and one person does have far higher mm-hmm. expectations, which because when you, when you talk about, but I get where the pressure comes from. Oh, well, if this is for marriage, then this has to be super serious. Well, no, I get permission to not hear from God one moment, find the right person. And it's, and it's one and done. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, I some people I think have a very good discernment. Like you were really the f- from serving Jesus. I kind of hung out with one other guy, but you were the only other guy I full on dated after becoming a believer. 
but there was a long period of time in there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying, but we have talked about in some situations, I can discern things super quickly. Right. And so I'm like, some people do, you have that discernment and it's, I just like, it just worked out, but it's okay if you have to date more people. Right. And if, and, but going back, we had a conversation about conflict boundaries, stuff like that. And I think we talked about, you have to be willing to have, to say, I've loved this. This has been so fun. I actually think you're a great dude. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely don't see like my goal is like, yeah, we said covenant or marriage. And I just, I see some maybe just differences. You don't have to say red flags. doesn't have to be a red flag. It could be incompatibility. But if it's dumb reasons, don't stop it after one date for like, he ordered salad and I don't like greens. Like that's dumb. Like don't be immature. Like, oh wow. He spoke poorly of five people in one date. That's a character. Because marriage will not fix it. Marriage will magnify it. Yeah. And I do say, and when I mentor girls, I say, if you are dating God in God's way, by six months, you should know if that's the one or not. Mm. Not in a pressure way, but like in your heart, you should know. I also, not saying be engaged by six months, but in your mind, you're like, no, if, if this person feels good with the Holy Spirit and with them to move forward, I'm in, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know by six months either, have a hard conversation or, yeah. Yeah, and I think if so. you're listening and you're between the ages of, 14 and 20, you need to consider like, what does that mean about when I should start dating? Right. You know, if that's kind of like what it should look like and the desires that I have right now, like how do I, how do I steward my life right now in a way that I can honor God in this area of my life? Isn't it so interesting? There's such this enticement to date younger and earlier, but then in marriage, people are getting more bored than ever and leaving Mm -hmm. and like it gets dull and then they break, break it off and stuff. And that's just been the most interesting thing in the dichotomy between dating and marriage, where it's very interesting that there's, and someone, a mentor said to us, uh, the enemy will do his best to pull you together when you're not married, and he will do everything to pull you apart the second you're married. And I remember being married a month or two, and I texted that person and said, holy crap, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you were right. Yeah. Because all of a sudden— I'm not tempted to do X, Y, Z. I'm not, it's not as enticing. That word enticement is true. Mm-hmm. And if you can call it for what it is. So I'm just, I mean, we got to do a marriage session because I'm just yeah. a huge proponent for, okay, so let's say you're fighting. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna say it. You're fighting, yeah, now sending nudes, mm-hmm. dating. Once you're married, send your spouse nudes all the time in a safe app, okay? Safe, protected, safe encrypted. Maybe not on your message that's yeah, up on your computer. No, they're like in a presentation, like, oh, no, hide that. Just kidding. But I'm serious mm-hmm. because then you see the affairs, you see the side conversations. Oh, because it's something else that's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's enticing. Well, no, keep your marriage exciting. Yeah. It's in the covenant of marriage. It's safe. Yeah. And keep it exciting with one another, you know? And don't look outside of your marriage for that. So, but that starts in dating too. Yeah. So So one of the things that I love that um, Pastor Levi and Jenny Lusco talk about is finding a Psalm 1 man and a Proverbs 31 woman. And that gets, that's so cliche in the church, but let me. Yeah, some people actually get triggered by Proverbs 31 woman. Just saying. I want to just, I want to explain it how they did, which is. Yeah. These are not like a checklist that you go to somebody and say, well, are you this? (laughs) Are you this? Are you this? Yeah. These are, these are postures of the heart that have the ability to be, to grow in somebody's yeah. life. And so they're not like check boxes that you have to fulfill to be the right person for somebody to marry. It's like, 
is the posture of my heart a Psalm one man? Is mm-hmm. the posture of Janae's heart a Proverbs thirty one woman? Of like, um, the the attributes of that. Yeah. And and are they are those things happening in increasing measure? You know, and mm-hmm. I mean, even on the days where Janae and I have a bad day or we're not getting along, I like. I see the virtues of a Proverbs 31 woman mm-hmm. in her life and in her heart. And, um, and there's value to that, you know? And I think yeah. that if you're like, well, who is there a person? How do I start dating? What do I start looking for? Well, we all, we also always say the spouse is in the house. So yeah, your spouse in the house, less than 2% of people meet their spouse in church when it's actually the best place should be mm-hmm. the best place. And then there's the other side of that. Just cause someone goes to church doesn't mean you should date them. Like right, 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 character right, right. needs trial and testing. And that is what I think dating is. So trial and testing of oh, character. How many times has a girl said, we, we've been like, well, does he go to church? And she's like, well, he comes with he me comes now. With me. I'm like, yep. well, yeah. Do you think yep. he's coming for Jesus or for you? Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. If, if you want to. Oh, coming. you can send whole hands in the, in the church service and then go home and have sex. Like you can. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we're talking all about sex, but it is such a sexualized culture. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's everything. You can't even watch a commercial now without it being partially pornographic. And it's just so wrong because like all those things can be gone in a moment. You know, like like the sexual attraction desire part or Mm -hmm. the the man's wealth that you're drawn to or uh, whatever it is, like her beauty could be gone in a moment, you know? Um, we witnessed a car accident this morning mm-hmm. and like that stuff can be taken away from you in a moment. Yes. But it's these qualities it's funny you know, of the I'm, heart. I, I have a PT background and I remember saying stuff like this and you're like, oh, you're morbid. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> awful. But I'm like, man, if I would still, w- would I view you the same? Like, I think we interview Ruby Paul. Like, mm-hmm. are you still committed to the character and the heart of that person after and in love after any diagnosis, mm-hmm. after an accident, after who knows. And yeah, it, I mean, that's just the way my brain works, but yeah, it's their character, even on a day where you're like, you know, I love you, but I don't really like you. Their character shouldn't change. And when you don't know the character of a person, when they're either good with you or bad with you, you'll attack their character. So like, if you're not con- connecting, you're going to, attack their character mm-hmm. when really, if it's truly their character, it's not changing, you know, like mm-hmm. it shouldn't change. Right. And, and I think the Lord knows what you need in a relationship. Well, I know he knows more than you do. And so that was the best thing I ever did was just wasn't dating anyone. Um, I think too, if the Lord speaks to you a time frame that you shouldn't date, um, you'll probably get asked on like seven dates just because the Lord asked you to do it. The enemy's going to come with the opposite, but just like stick to what the Lord's asked mm-hmm. and you'll never go wrong with that yeah. and like, let it be a true conviction. But I was going somewhere with that and I lost train of thought. I'm not going at all on our notes. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, so we're talking about kind of starting or restarting dating and like how to do that. And yeah. obviously we believe that the best place to meet somebody is in church. And if you're like, man, but I go to church for church and to meet with the Lord, then, you know, talk to him in the lobby and that'll be fine. Well, you know, go to one service and meet with the Lord and then serve two and meet other people. Right. And and I'm not opposed to online dating either. I have friends here and there's yeah. pretty good Christian online dating platforms. Yeah, it's don't a, use like, what's it? Bump, there's all, there's all the, the crappy other ones. ones. Don't use like- but Like Upward, one. I think. Okay. I can't totally vouch for that, but well- I think I'm on their website, so I should vouch for it. Well, I mean, just because it says Christian dating, it doesn't mean like 
oh, all these people are fine. We talked about, we had a friend say they're going to do this, about doing like a singles mixer at our home and like, just like a fun time to say like, and the people would have to be like vetted beforehand. And then we kind of went down like, well, then if you do this, are you like putting your stamp of approval on these people? And I, I need to see more of their lives. If I'm mm-hmm. going to say, yeah, you should go date this person. Then they, something happened or whatever, you know, it's like, well, I don't know that. Yeah. You, you need know. an abundance of caution. It's hard. We're like, wisdom. oh, so there's a form and, you know, blood draw. Just kidding. Uh, I, before I'm not the on the website of Upward because Jenny and I met there. They just asked us to shoot a video at one point. In the yeah. Past. We met like, in church. We met at the young yeah. adult thing, but I would say, and I, I did not want to date a single soul. I actually didn't talk to dudes too long because I just was like, nope, not in that season. And that's okay. But then God brought me Josh. How nice of him. How nice of him. I think if you're listening and you are, um, maybe you've been in a long-term relationship and um, you're like, man, was I, was I wrong? Did I waste time? Is there something yeah. wrong with me that that didn't work out? I just want to encourage somebody that like um, the Lord can bring a relationship back if it's if it's the right situation, but the Lord can also start something new yeah. in anybody's life. And just because a longer term thing didn't work out doesn't mean you're broken. Doesn't yep. mean you missed your shot. You know, it doesn't like there's still room to start fresh and. Um, I, I think, again, I think Levi Lesko said it this way. He said, and if you've been in, um, if you're like living a single life, everybody experiences singleness in their lives. Yeah. It's just for different periods of time, right? you know, and some people are called to it full time and long term. And yeah. so, and that's valuable and that's valid. And we should celebrate that as much mm-hmm. as we celebrate somebody getting engaged and getting married. Yeah. And I think too, it's more common now to get married a bit older, but I think in church culture, you, I know a friend that was like 28. They're like, I'll never meet someone, you know? And it's like, you're 28. Mm-hmm. Like you're fine. And I think the biblical story that's so interesting is Abraham and Sarah be like, we're running out of time. And they take matters into their own hands and it's not blessed by God. And so trust God's timing mm-hmm. and Trust that he can provide, you know, a miracle at any moment and a person. And I love this quote, you're better than I could have imagined, but not what I expected. And I would say that is so true for you. Yeah. And I, I had a stupid rule. Don't have rules in dating that deal with people's bodies. That's just dumb. <laughs> I did have a rule that I wouldn't date a guy that had um, smaller thighs than me. And I don't, I've never been a woman that had small thighs. And now I just laugh because I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> And that was all branded insecurity, all of it. Yeah. You know, usually your rules are based off your insecurities. So. I, yeah, don't make a list that you wouldn't want to be up against yourself. So I remember my list was like, yeah, submitted to Jesus. I always said there are closed, in in beliefs, in theology, there are closed-handed issues and open-handed issues. So like closed-handed are like, these are non-negotiable. So like for me, it was like, I grew up in a house that there yelling was common, mm-hmm. very common, mm-hmm. like the norm. Yeah. I'm like trying to think even, yeah. Where that was like, no, close handed is like, he will not yell at me. <coughs> and I never said that to you. I just was like, let's just see as we go through situations and are, and you should be in a tense situation. You should see that person 
be frustrated and have right. to work through it. That's the kind of stuff, like see the quality of their character before you see the quality of them without their pants don't, on. Don't just go to movies. Yeah. I actually don't count movies as a date because you're not talking, you're not getting to know each other. You're, what? It's a cop out. It's not a date. Like even now <laughs> I say, yeah, we can go to a movie if I'm tired and I'll sleep. <laughs> I just get the reclining chair so she can knock I out. Say, and we'll I go to the movie with reclining chairs. <laughs> but I think, yeah. So just like, be man, you got to be wise. You need God's wisdom. And and honestly, though, let me say, we're talking like it's so easy. I said before we started recording, yeah, are we going to talk about that we're married? And I'm so glad that I never have to date again because it's hard. Mm-hmm. And if it you're sitting hard. here listening, like, wow, they're talking like it's so easy. It's not. And I am empathizing and saying, I'm sorry for all the complexities that people dating nowadays have to deal with Mm -hmm. and all the technology has ruined it. And, and it's hard. Like people have said, like, can you even just meet someone in the old fashioned way anymore? Like it's not that way. And just, you got to trust God's sovereignty over even the developing of the world and the developing of these, all these apps and different things. And God is more creative than you can imagine. And you never know where God will place that person, but you have to be in tune with Holy Spirit to hear and see someone for who they really are. Yeah. So I want to just say, like, we have a tendency to always measure ourselves against the fringes, right? What does that mean? Like I go on social media and I mean, there's the girl with the perfect pigeon kitchen that she renovated herself and she's getting paid to put pictures of it on social media. Oh yeah. That's the blooming nest. Yeah. And it's like, and like, to be honest, that person is a fringe. Like they're, they're not the come person. And the person who's, you know, on social media with the perfect body type and the perfect eating plan and all these things like so, and I'm, I'm saying this to get to the point of, there's so often that people like have this one perfect person in mind that they're going to marry or what they're going to look like, or they're searching for the one and they won't even date people because it's like, it's not, it doesn't feel perfect or ideal mm-hmm. enough, or there's something about their thighs. That's a little out of, you know, oh, you the have list. cellulite now. Yeah. I gave you kids. Yeah. Quiet. <laughs> I never said no, that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, no, uh, you, no, you didn't. You never, no, you've never. Sorry. Uh, but, but okay. And I think Tim Keller said it this way. Like, he said, <laughs> we're all incompatible. Right. All of it, because we're all very different. You, that's a question. Does everyone have one person that they're supposed I to I think you could marry many different people and make it work or find happiness. Okay. You're not you're saying to marry different. many different people. You're saying there's not just one person. Not just one person. Don't marry many people throughout the course of your lifetime. I'm saying. You're not saying polygamy is okay. We're not. Like there's other people that you could. Yeah, like, I don't, I like don't believe in the one. We've actually talked about that. What? I don't believe in the one. Yeah. So we've talked about, oh, like a, a past people that we had dated. Oh, you could actually marry that person, that girl. You probably, it probably would have worked out decently. You and both life would be Jesus. challenging maybe in different ways. In different ways. You know? And then we see different things. Where we're like, oh no, like God totally put us together for this one, this specific reason when we're leading now or what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, right. so you see like. Or what he knew we both needed developed and discipled in, in our yeah. lives. Like it's about the calling of God, yeah. you know, more than the soul or the satisfaction. Yeah. And so I believe that there's people that you're compatible with. And then I just believe there's some people that you are seriously incompatible with and don't marry the ones that you're seriously incompatible with. And so if your friends are screaming, no, no, no. And your family's screaming, no, no, no. 
but you're head over heels, you might need to stop and mm-hmm. and think about it because maybe they're seeing something that you're not. And honestly, I'm sorry, but your sex drive can get in the way of a lot of common sense. Oh, for sure. So just especially the younger you are. Yep. So just trust those trusted people. Yeah. I just will never forget. We were dating. I was pretty smitten with you. I thought you were kind of cool. And do tell my, more. Do tell, yeah. <laughs> one of my best friends. Let's take the next five minutes. Okay, stop it. <laughs> one of my best friends came to me and said, hey, like I can picture where we were sitting. And she said, hey, like, I'm like so happy that you guys are dating, but I just feel like you've put like all your eggs in this basket. And this friend was married, mm-hmm. had a kid or two. and Still so, a really good friend today. Yes. And, and I believe we are because she was willing to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But I... And that was my tendency before I came to know Christ is like whoever I dated, like I was, it was all about them. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, okay, recognize I have this way of me. And it wasn't that I was like obsessed, but just all my time was with you. And so she just said, I just, I'm, I'm, I want to kind of raise a warning that you're kind of putting all your eggs in this basket. And like, even our friendship time is dwindled. And I remember just crying, not because it was like, you're making me feel awful. It was like this realization of, oh my word. A, thank you for telling me. B, I'm grieved by that. And C, I will change. Mm -hmm. And I remember that. It was like, we hung out more and I said no to you more. Not in like, I can't be with you. It was just like, no, you don't. We don't need to hang out seven nights a week, Mm -hmm. five nights a week. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't need to talk to this extent every single day. And if you do that, then you better be ready to get married quick. Mm -hmm. Because the amount of time you're investing and putting into that is should lead you to marriage quicker. Yeah, the best way I've ever heard it put is that your relationship is a vehicle and you're driving this vehicle from the starting line to the finish line. The finish line is the covenant of marriage. Wedding day. uh, The wedding day, you know, the first time you have sex, that's where you're headed. And so every time that you push a gas pedal, that car is accelerating towards that finish line. Mm -hmm. And if you get to the finish line before you're ready to get married then the temptation to have sex is going to be a lot stronger. So the goal is to drive that relationship forward in a good pace. Or if you want to push the pedal more, that t- that finish line's got to move closer. Right. So that means shorter timeline. Right. Yeah, you got to yeah. it out. So, I mean, just practically, like people- And there's people, three pedals, right? People who get engaged and then are going to be engaged for a year or a year and a half. And I'm like, well, well did we cross the finish line already? Or what pedal are you not pushing? And what are the pedals? The pedals are emotionally connected, spiritually connected, and um, physically. Yeah, and physically. So even how much you're holding hands, how much you're kissing, how much you're, you know, all of those things. And it's funny that some people, they just floor it zero to 60 on one of them. And it's like, oh, you've never read the Bible together. Yeah, yeah wow. there's no spiritual application oh, he's to it. never prayed. I don't even know if he prays. How but I think even in the world, it's a lot of just like, there's not a lot of emotional connectedness or like the revealing of self and mm-hmm. who you really are. True self, yeah. You know, yeah, true self. And then it can kind of become all about other things. So Yeah. Um I know we've talked a lot about sex and physical and all that stuff. Um because I think that is so pertinent to dating. Mm-hmm. It is pertinent still in marriage, but it's maybe 3% of your marriage. It's a powerful dynamite 3%. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, how do you say it? Like you say something about like, uh, even if it was um, 
10% of your day, that's a given that you're spending one hour of your day, right? Well, no, it's how, one 24th of your day. Like yeah, like one, one 24th. One hour, which with that every day. Go, <laughs> would no be way. one 24th of your day. Yeah. Out of the whole day that you're spending together. So especially initially in the relationship, why not invest more of those hours into the emotional side and build that yeah. or into the character it's, of the spiritual? And when you pull back and look at it this way, can't you just see it's so of the enemy? Like how backwards both ways it is. Mm-hmm. Like so of the enemy and how it's like kind of rigged to what you have to fight. I actually believe it's the enemy taking something that God created, sex, yeah. and using it to blind you. Yeah to other things that maybe are present in the relationship mm-hmm. or that you're not dealing with. Cause come on, how easy is it to like be in a fight or to have something that you need to talk about and people just cover that over with the physical. Oh yeah. And then well, we tried to talk about it and then we just had sex and everything was fine. Oh, like, so you actually didn't talk about it. You yeah, didn't resolve that. Like, no, that emotional thing is still there. <laughs> and then there. people do that in marriage. And then, yeah, it's, Things just don't we've get just resolved. seen enough to see, oh, it continues in marriage. And, and it feels like closeness. You know, but it's it's yeah, a deceiving it kind of closeness because mm-hmm. you're not actually as connected spiritually and emotionally as you yeah. have been physically. Yeah. So this is why, um, like, for example, living together, you mm-hmm. know, before you're married, this is why it's so consequential because pretty much everybody who's living together is living out their life in that way. Mm-hmm. And you're building a kind of closeness that maybe emotionally and for sure not spiritually you've built together. And so right. it's not a... You're not moving your whole self forward yeah. in that relationship. And so, okay. So what if that's your story that you've made all those decisions? I think too, it's like God is a redeeming God and he redeems. And when when you repent and you actually turn from your weight, you're turning a different direction. So if that's how you've dated in the past, that does not need to be your future. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't will it into existence. Right. You cannot. No. Like, and yeah, like our our dating and relationship, like we're going to just sit and talk about God and what he did and because it's spiritual. It's not mm-hmm. just this like tangible physical thing. And so, I mean, in summary is like get with God, let him renew and restore your heart and even exchange your desires because he can take away enticing temptation, you know, but and then like get alone with him so he can set your convictions and your boundaries. Cause a conviction is not a well thought thing. That's like, this is my conviction. And I think people do that. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard of this, this sounds cool. And now that's my conviction. Yeah. No, when it is conviction, you're compelled by the Holy Spirit brings upon that conviction. It's like a gut thing, you know, like you just feel it. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you submit to those convictions and I think, We've walked through things in our marriage, in our life. And I mean, like marriage has been really great for the most part. Like have we had, we've had seasons where we're like, hold, we look at each other and say like, wow, we're the worst we've ever been in our relationship. Like this is hard. I am mad. I still love you, but I'm really mad. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm like, I don't know why this feels like the lowest low, yeah. you know? But we look at things we've walked through, what we've done at different ages and to be 35 and 37 and all that we've walked through and different things. And sometimes I've looked at Josh and I say, I don't know what kind of favor and grace we've been given because we were obedient in a different season. Mm-hmm. And you don't know and you yeah, can't manipulate yeah. God, but you never know. Well, and so and just be obedient. Let's just change the benchmark for a second on, to quote, marriage has been great. 
or marriage should be great. What is greatness in marriage? Is it always being happy and always getting along? Is that what makes marriage great? Or is it, I have become more like Jesus in this marriage because we've been challenged, I've been challenged, it's not been easy, but I'm more Christ-like. So is marriage always fun and happy and no. does it always work out? And I'm never challenged and my character is never called out and, and that makes marriage not great? Kids, it's not always great. <laughs> no. Like I keep saying, man, these kids keep getting in the way of us because it is true. I was was telling a friend this morning that, and we're in a little bit into marriage again, but um, I said, there was a season where Janae looked at me and said, your answers are so harsh. Like what changed in you? And I just like, and I'm being honest, like, and I think I said, I I just don't care. Like I just got to a point where I was frustrated. I was bringing stress from work home Mm -hmm. and I did not feel like humbling myself like Christ and serving my marriage. And so I just Mm -hmm. got harsh and I just started like, holding things, you Mm -hmm. know, that I was mad about. And, but for that to be discipled out of me by my wife saying, listen, (laughs) you're getting harsh. You're bringing work home. You're bringing stress and putting it on your family. Is that a great feeling? No, but is Mm -hmm. that great for that to be called out in my life? And for me to have to make Mm -hmm. a decision again about, okay, do I serve Christ or do I serve you know, the way I feel right now. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that is a great thing. I mean, when I say like marriage is great, it's these moments where we get alone. And and recently all the kids went to bed early. And I think we watched like the old Willy Wonka movie together. And we were just sitting on the couch in our room and like it was beautiful summer night, you know, stuff like that. And we just kind of were talking in between watching the movie. And I remember just looking at him being like, I'm just so glad that it's you that I'm with. That mm-hmm. it's like... And that to me is when you say like marriage is great is when you in those get those moments where life's not flipping nuts all around you mm-hmm. where you can look and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm just so glad it's you. Yeah. Like it's a relief to me that our kids will grow and leave and it's me and you. Mm-hmm. That's how it should feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're just trying to change the way of thinking and um, just from stuff that we hear people say. And I know I've been harping on like living together and um that's not like to come after a certain group of people, but like the divorce rate is 80% when you live together before you're married, you know? And I don't want that it for anybody. It doesn't help you. Yeah. And it's like, it's not. And we had our home, our Like condo. it's not anecdotal. It's that's statistics. Yeah. like, you know? And there's that's a, not like a church that's like, we're just going to say this. No, no like there's like a reason behind studies. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. secular studies are not coming out and saying, you know what? There was something to this idea of, um, picking family. a partner for life yep. and the covenant of marriage and going back. To, I mean, secular psychologists now are saying, basically saying the Bible was right. You know, yeah, because they're of, just saying, yeah, like because of the ramifications of what we're seeing yep. in society based on yeah. the sexual revolution and what we've seen ever since then. And um, yeah, and just not. And to I would all just that, like but. to say, like we had super strong boundaries in dating and. We have had, we have looked at each other and even our Christian friends made fun of how slow and guarded we were. Mm-hmm. Our Christian friends were like, you guys aren't going to kiss till you're engaged. You're just, wow. You guys are crazy. You know, do you even really like each other? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, are you even really that attracted to each other? And I don't, I don't know that we did that perfectly either. You know, I think part of that, it was a no. little legalistic and I didn't want to lose my job. <laughs> you know, like I was a pastor of a church. I, and- I'm sorry, but to stay, like to walk into marriage with no shame if there's a bit of legalism, so be it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, because mm-hmm. once you're married, you can get as freaky as you want. Right. Like I, 
really? Mm-hmm. So be a bit legalistic in the dating and just get there. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, that's not what I was trying to say. But we've looked at each other and said, you know, we've not done anything perfect, but I don't regret the way we dated. I don't regret how slow we took it. I don't regret. But I would say just even like commending you, like the beauty in dating is that's not the person. I'm not married to the exact same person I met when I was 22. Mm -hmm. It's a very different guy because you have grown and that's how it should be. A different person because of growth. You were really bad at communication. Like mm-hmm. you were great at preaching. You were really bad at communication. Mm-hmm. You're passive. I'm sorry. I'm just saying this. And I mm-hmm. think you would say this. I, and I, you got to name my stuff too. How about well, I, I just, you we, tell me that I'm not the I remember the talking to somebody person. one time and he, he was like telling me all the places that I fall short, you know, Who as was? a husband, a counselor. Mm-hmm. And he said, but you know, your wife married you, you know? And so she's got stuff too, because she saw that in you and she still married you. And it's like, and, and that goes both ways in every relationship yeah. of like, we all have our stuff yet. We still chose each other. So, yeah. so I will say though, could I have, and I had a bet, I had a friend that said, if I was in your shoes, I'd have broken up with him already. Yeah. Cause he's not the, like taking the bull by the horns. He's mm-hmm. not like saying where you're going. And honestly, it's not that you couldn't, it's like you hadn't been taught in that like type totally. of communication. Yeah. And so I do believe, and I just remember being like, I'm, I'm actually really good. And I think we're good, which is not like me. Cause I'm like a, like cut them off, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. But God, I believe just like influenced me to have this like extraordinary patience. It, and I wasn't desperate. Like, it yeah. was just like, I can take, I won't be in a puddle and ruined if this gets broken off at any time right, of dating. Right. But so it's yes, have boundaries. Yes. Watch for red flags. And until the day we got married, I asked God, you show me a red flag right now. Cause the time to look for red flags is when you're dating, not when you're married. Yeah. I think, and I think the goal of dating is build a friendship. Yes. That will last a lifetime. Because right now, when we go on date nights, I'm like really glad you're my friend. Mm-hmm. Not that you're the best lover in the whole world, mm-hmm. which I believe you are, oh, you know? Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. We have fun. <laughs> my goal is to make everyone in here blush. She always. <laughs> Josh. Sorry. Yep. We did a marriage session. Oh yeah. Mitch was in there. We were in a marriage session with our staff and it was only married couples. And I was like, I'm going there. I'm making everyone blush. And Josh's oh veins are out. I made him blush. She um, does go there. Mm-hmm. I do, but maybe I'm going to be that person in the hey, Christian let's world. Let's just address that. People say like, well, why would I wait to have sex until I'm married? How do I, what if the sex isn't good? Sex is never good when but, you're initially starting. You may think it's great. You're awful. But it's also Give like, it 30 years. You're going to be great. It's also like compared to what? Your past lovers? Compared yeah, to usually. the movies? <laughs> compared to what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Golly. But they say the best. <laughs> I, I always, uh, they say empty nesters have the best sex, which right. makes me cringe because I'm like, oh, you think of your parents? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I'm like now, and I remember... Um, the, the the pastor that did our premarital counseling was like, oh, me and my wife are having the best sex we've ever had. And I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> in my mind, you feel like in their 50s, 60s, whatever. And you're like, no, but no, it is. So it's like, get excited. But I remember him saying, you when you grow in learning that person's body, like you, you look at like your wedding night and you're like, well, that was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but at that time you're like, this is great. So just, I don't know, trust the Lord's sovereign over that. But I don't know, I was, I was going somewhere with that. No, I think, but. I think we're just talking about how this is a heart condition. You know, mm-hmm. dating is a heart condition. 
um, mm-hmm. how we hold our purity is a heart condition. And we've said in church many times, God has authority over my body to tell me what to do with it and how to live. Um, and then when you get into marriage, that's like God has authority over my body in like how I, my body language towards my spouse or my tongue is part of my body towards my spouse mm-hmm. and towards my family. Mm-hmm. It just kind of changes. You know what I mean? Right. Sorry, you were going down a really good thought. And I no, and I, I, I think that's just what we're trying to get at. And I think the heart, I know the heart is just to say, hey, if you're going to date, date with covenant in mind and with the aim of marriage and don't seek fulfillment from humans. They were never meant to fulfill your soul. Fulfillment is found in covenant with Christ Jesus. Is it okay if you date someone and they really make you happy? Yeah. But so they're what's not gonna, the difference between fulfillment and this person? Looking gives to me them to supply all your happy. needs, looking to them to be the source of your happiness. If you if your emotions okay. can't be separate from them. So okay, sorry, I am so practical. So if you guys are good and you have a beautiful day, or if you guys are bad and you're having the worst day ever at work, to your family, to your roommate, and you're depressed if you're not good, but the second you and this person are good, you're like on cloud nine. That is what we mean because mm-hmm. it's affecting you as a person when, like I said, if they walked away, you should be okay. Yeah, You're still standing because they're not a part of the scaffolding of your life that's holding right. you up. Right. Like, so you got to build that scaffolding that holds you up. Like they're just the additional, like pretty little picture in the corner of like yeah. the building of like your life or the foundation. Because I think we can say, don't say, oh, you fulfill me or you complete me. I don't know how many people actually say that. So let's give the practicals. So like that. Um, And I remember once saying, Josh, I feel like we're not really healthy because if we're fighting, I go down this path of, I want to quit my job. I want to, and this is in marriage. Mm -hmm. So you have to be mature enough to acknowledge, oh, that doesn't mean like you're awful. That means I'm not as stable as I need to be. Mm -hmm. And I need to deny I'm not going to deny you. I'm going to deny social media to be alone with God more. Because a lot of people are like, I'm going to pull from you and get with God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still going to do all these other things that I should have pulled back from the, when I'm talking more marriage. But even in dating too, like acknowledge when it's impacting you, like you, like in you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Does your self-esteem matter what they say about you? Do you feel beautiful only when they say? Well, it, do you yeah. feel manly? Or like, do you feel like the man only if they X, Y, Z? Yeah. And I think this is what we wanted to wrap up with was just your identity, mm-hmm. you know? And like Janae said that if she would be okay if I had walked away or, you know, she wasn't out looking for a guy. She wasn't desperate. It's because for the first time in her life, her identity was solely in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, and that can sound, it's such this teetering line. Mm-hmm. Cause you can come across prideful and cocky. Ain't nobody going to want to date you. Like I know who I am in Christ and you know, mm-hmm. like, but it's this inner confidence. And there's a verse about that, like mm-hmm. that inner strength. And so just be, and oftentimes I've not seen many do it well where they're dating, actively dating and getting that inner strength from Christ. I think it's, I've only seen the really healthy scenarios where it's quite separate. Like yeah. the Lord has dealt with that. He has established it and I'm drawing upon this deep well, but I have, um, this depth with the Lord and this very, very secure identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to enter in to adding. It's not like I've started dating this other person. I'm going to add God in. It's like, no, it's me and the Lord. And I'm going to see if the Lord will like give me the green light that Mm -hmm. you're going to enter into this, you know, with me. Yep. 
but well, I think yeah, and it's your identity, but it really is where is your value coming from? You know, and um, how are you in your dating relationship, or by sending pictures of yourself, or by sleeping with a prostitute? Yep. trying to bring value and worth to your life that maybe without that or without that physical mm-hmm. affirmation, you feel like you don't have value and you're wanting to feel desired or you're, yeah. you know. And I think there's now a lot of sneaky ways where you're like, well, I haven't had sex or I haven't this or I'm not doing mm-hmm. all these different, and when we can talk down all the sex acts and things, I think there's a lot of different sneakier ways where like, is it how many likes you get? Is it yeah. how many, oh, it was so sad. We were at Sky Zone the other day. There are these two young girls by me. And I'm like, you're at the jump park. Like you're supposed to be jumping, which they were. But if they weren't, it was their phone. And they didn't have creeper screens. So I was creeping, being the mom that I am. <laughs> and I'm like, I literally was like, if I see their parents, I might go over and be like, you need to be monitoring these girls on their phones. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it was like Snapchat, check this, check that. Uh, it was Instagram. And then it was go to their own stories Check how many people have watched it. Check how many. And I was watching this and it gives me goosebumps now. And I actually started welling up with tears because I thought, this is it. It's such a search for And value. I'm sorry. And I've said, I'm not going to say Instagram or in this and that's the devil. I might start saying technology's the devil. Mm-hmm. Like literally you can leverage it for the gospel, but majority of the time it is the enemy wrapped in metal. Yeah. And that's another podcast because. Holy crap. We've been talking a long time. Well, but well, just because. Sorry. The, I've said I holy mean, crap twice. If you can, <laughs> if you can see the decline of marriage associated with the sexual revolution, you can see the decline in mental health with social media. Oh, they are directly correlated one to another. And yeah. so there are areas of our life that just have to be done God's way and stewarded so that we can remain whole. Yeah. Spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And so it just all starts there. So you think you can be like, I'm not doing X, Y, Z. Okay, but can you not look at a picture of yourself without a filter? Can you, do you really derive value off of viewers of this mm-hmm. or that or your snap streak or whatever? I don't even know the language. I've not even had that. So it, it's not just the overt, physical, sexual, blah, 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 very blatant things where it's pretty black and white. I think there's some sneaky things that can be messing with your identity, that can really not set you up for success mm-hmm. when it comes to dating. And it all just boils down to the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of yeah. self-control. Yep. And, um, and I hope that, we don't come across as like, I'm going to riff and we're amazing and y'all suck. It's like, we're talking about this because we hope it spurs you on to be yeah. like, with God's help, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I had to proclaim that over my life. Like with God's help, I'm going to be in a healthy marriage and fighting is not going to be a part of my marriage. And yelling is not going to be. Have I ever raised my voice? Yes. But like the norm within Mm -hmm. like my marriage and home relationships. And, And then to live on the other side of it and be like, he does, he sustains you. And like there is life, death and life can come from the tongue and your words. So even if you're not seeing it yet, like speak life into that. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to even speak life into like, I don't have this desire right now, Lord, but I know at the right time you can give it to me for the right person. I just think of our friend Whitney, where she went like seven years without being asked on a date. I think Mm -hmm. it was seven years. Yeah, Whitney, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, But, and she said, and then all of a sudden, like four guys asked her out. Like, boom, 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 boom. And she looked at her friend, Micah, who used to be your assistant, and she said, my husband's coming. I haven't been asked out in seven years. 
and all of a sudden there's all these guys interested, even though they were like good Christian dudes. Well, some were, some maybe weren't, but like not submitted. Like she's like, no, I'm not seeing the fruit. And she said to Micah, I just have a feeling my husband's not coming and the enemy's trying to get me to just kind of take the bait of these mm. other distractions. And I was like, she used those seven years to learn the discernment to be able to say that so confidently. Well, and yeah, her too. husband ended up being a close dude friend of hers. Yeah. Like who they got married. And like, she would have never thought in those seven years that he would have been the husband. Yeah. I don't know. I just think those stories are so encouraging. I think the, like the moral of that is find your value in Christ. 100%. Learn by, and how do you do that? Value Christ. Yeah. Like truly find your value in him by valuing him and let him bring about the other things mm -hmm. that you're concerned about in your heart. But mm -hmm. find your value in Christ. If you're looking at dating somebody, is there value truly in Christ? You know, um, and and we should end there. Yeah. And when you leave from spending time with them, does it make you want to spend more time with Jesus or more yeah. time with them? Yeah. That's a great litmus test. That's good. Real That's quick. good application to that. So mm -hmm. if, you know, this nice and very lighthearted, not intense conversation <laughs> uh, encouraged you at all, share it with a friend. If you know someone walking through dating, um, anything like that, like just share it with them, subscribe so you can see new podcasts. And we should love y'all. Thankful for you. And see you next time.